This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Clay Norman. Clay Norman. That's for me. those of you who don't remember his last name, it is Norman. Who would that be, Troy? <laughs> KC Smith, maybe? I don't know. KC Smith is also with us. Hey, KC. How's it going? Oh, I'm sorry to wake you up. Sorry, I'm I was doing great. Taking yeah. a little nap. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, anyway, Kelly Lynn. That's, yes, sir. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. I got a situation here from a couple of uh, investors, Marie and Alberto. Um, 57 and 53. Um, young, young people. Like yeah, so. yeah. Absolutely. Um, Alberto was worked out of a job when his company was bought out. Um, he was a senior engineer, and basically his role was relatively specialized for his company. He hasn't had much luck finding another job uh, that wasn't entry level. So um, basically they're kind of at a point where they he would like to... Re- tap his retirement, uh, his IRA early. In about five years, Marie will retire and begin her social security benefits and withdrawing from her IRA. And basically, if he taps his IRA early, um, this would allow him to work, you know, like do more of a part-time job and not have that like pressure to find another career position at that stage. Yeah. He could consider that entry-level position. Maybe. Yeah, he could, yeah, yeah. exactly. So how does one even bother tapping their IRA before... 59 and a half yeah gotta be careful yeah yeah there's a a lot of things to consider there um casey and i talk about this with clients quite a lot um you know it it typically makes more sense to tap the brokerage account first if you could uh taxable that's usually your your set answer anyway right do you yeah i mean you you want to obviously let the tax deferred assets continue to grow tax deferred for as long as you can generally speaking but in this case it sounds like they probably don't have uh brokerage assets or or after tax assets and so i'm guessing this is the only kind of pot to pull from but isn't that i mean does i mean most people let's i mean if they're just saving for retirement, yeah. isn't it most of it tax deferred at that point? A lot of IRA. times, yeah. I mean, you, okay. you, you get either you I mean, know, 401k uncommon. or IRA where that's where, no, it's not uncommon okay. at all. It's a lot of times yeah. that's, that's most people's, people's savings largest are savings bucket. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So and, that's, and if you just willy-nilly go and start pulling out of it, you get you get penalties, right? Yeah. Potentially. Well, before 59 and a half, right? So yeah. And that's where they are. 10% penalty. For pulling out funds before you're 59 and a half. And if he's doing other... that for five, six years, that's yeah, pretty that's a lot. That's yeah. a substantial. Yeah. Um, well, kicking the yeah. kick in the pants. I was gonna say we'll penalty or tax, but yeah, I guess it is a yeah, sure both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to pay taxes anyway, but um, there is a way to avoid the penalty, and Clay is gonna yes. tell you what that is. Clay. So uh, we're gonna Lay look it at on. The, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna look at the uh, the rule 72T. Um, which is substantially equal periodic payments. So um, if you find yourself in a situation similar to Alberto here and you need funds out of your IRA for five plus years, um, that may be the way to go. You can you can avoid the 10% premature distribution uh, penalty if you uh, work into 
Yeah, so it's basically yeah. like a, a so seventy two T is an IRS section, a code section, right? So it's that's always going to be. A code I, I read your section, notes. It's, it's complicated. Right? Yeah. this is not an easy one to explain. But the, the the easiest way to think about it is if you take substantially equal periodic payments, SEPP is the acronym <laughs> that they use, um, then you can essentially avoid the penalty as long as you take those payments every year for the longer of five years or until you are fifty nine and a half. Ah. so if you started at 57 then you have to go for five years because 59 and a half would be less than five years mm-hmm. sure um but if you're you know 51 then you have to go till 59 and a half so uh it'd be you know nine nine and a half years or eight and a half years oh okay um, and, and you just basically divide it into well so equal you have sections you, or? you have to do a calculation and there's three different methods um clay you remember what those are yes um, there is the required minimum distribution method. Um, you've also got the fixed annuitization method and the fixed amortization method. Yeah, so three different different ways that you can calculate how much those payments are uh, and how much you have to distribute from your, your account. And keep in mind, you still have to pay tax on this money, um, but it is a, uh, you know, you can't avoid that 10% penalty. And then... Um, anyway, we've, uh, we've been talking about a situation where... Uh, Alberto got retired. It often, happens. often happens. Yeah, I mean, a lot more than folks think. You you might have plans. I'm going to retire when I'm 65. What if that decision is taken from you? It often happens. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so um, the the question is, how will he get to his IRA money or his 401k money? I guess in this situation, uh, without having to forego the 10% penalty for early withdrawal, especially several years before he's 59 and a half. And uh, Clay has already laid out that there are three methods of distribution within the 72T, which is a IRS uh, code that um, allows for these equal distributions, right? That's correct. And uh, those methodologies, you said, were required minimum distribution method, the fixed amortization method and the fixed annuitization method. And man, I haven't been able to nod off in the last five <laughs> minutes since you said that because I'm dying to hear just how this works. Literally. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting stuff. I, literally, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. So the, really the, the difference between these methods, if the required minimum distribution method is is pretty much how it sounds. You know, when you turn 72, you have to take required minimum distributions from your IRA accounts, um, retirement accounts. Uh, it, the calculation is basically the same for this. It's just you're doing it not at 72, but whatever age you decide to elect to start taking substantially equal periodic payments. So you're saying that you could start your RMD early? Well, you're not starting your RMD. You're you're essentially just you're using that method to calculate it, which is based on a table. It's still um, got to be within that five year span. Still within or, the five year span, or, or until you're fifty nine and a half. And a half. Okay. Correct. All right. Um, so you know that that method, you just take the balance each year. So every year, your amount, the amount of your substantially equal periodic payment is going to change because it's based on the balance at the end of the year divided by a factor that's determined by one of the. IRS tables, either the uniform lifetime table, the single life table, or the joint and survivor table. It seems um, weird. Now, those to me factors that those are 
are less than or, or they're they're smaller than they would be for when you're at 72 right yeah so okay. i mean it's a it's a, it's essentially a life expectancy table so uh depending on which table you use you know uh, the uniform lifetime table is what is most commonly used when you're 72 um but in under Rule 72T, you can elect which table you'd like to use. Hmm. So they give you a little bit of flexibility hmm. there. And in fact, you know, uh, you know, the single or the joint and survivor table would is typically used for when we're talking about RMDs for a, a husband or wife or spouse who's more than 10 years younger than mm. the yes. um, okay. than the the spouse. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so you can actually have that be a beneficiary um, in under this method and you can change your beneficiary. It's just whoever the beneficiary is on January 1 becomes the person whose age is used to determine the life expectancy of the, the IRA for the purposes of calculating. Hmm. All of this is way more than probably anybody <laughs> needs to know. Um, the, the bottom line is the RMD method, the amount changes every year. Okay. Um, that, that could be good or bad, just depending so, on what so you So they need. call it equal annual payments. Equal and then, annual payments. And then they S- make substantially it substantially equal. equal. So, uh, so yeah, there's that's where, where they get you. Me. Therein lies the rub. Oh, okay. So this uh, method may not make sense if you know you're going to need a certain amount of money each year from right. your IRA, right, Casey? And that exactly. amount's not enough, right? right. Generally, uh, th- this is going to be probably, in most cases, the lowest value um, okay. of the amount. So well, you're probably trying to minimize, in the early, early days, you think? Yeah, if you're if you're under 59 and a half, because of the, your life expectancy is going to be longer, obviously, than, as Kelly Lynn mentioned, if you're 72. So the, the factor is going to be uh, a larger number. So you divide uh, by a larger number, you get a smaller number and you still have to have the money with removed within five years or by the time you're 59 and a half exactly right? okay yep. so all right so there's other methods yep the fixed uh, amortization method and fixed annuitization method the, the formulas for calculating those is a little more complicated uh, but at the end of the day and there's calculators it's, online it's that more can like a loan you. right like you would figure out the, yeah, the exactly. amount of a loan the payments on a loan right over a you, five you either spend, amortize right? the the distribution effectively or you create an annuity out of the distribution based on interest rates that the irs gives you and various factors so those two methods are similar in that you're it's going to provide you with an exact payment every year so you know what you're going to get the downside of that is you know if if the payment is too high and the you have poor market returns potentially then maybe you can't Mm. you know you can't actually do your substantially equal periodic payments with the value of the account mm. if, if you don't have enough in there. Understood. If you deplete the account, are you penalized for that? Or You, you kind of are in a way because it's uh, it would be considered a modification of Rule 72T. Um, you know, so uh, if there's a modification to any of this, you change it in any way, even if you roll money into your IRA, uh, what have you, then they're going to go back and charge you that 10% penalty. So correct me if I'm wrong. The real big strategy in in play here is to try to avoid the 10% penalty for exactly. early withdrawal, right? Correct. Yep. And, and in doing so, you basically have to recharacterize your whole retirement account to to a taxable account over a period of time by paying tax on the withdrawals that you have. So tax you still have to pay and probably a substantial amount, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to have, uh, depending on the size of the account, you're going to have uh, a larger than normal annual income. Potentially. But but the, this, the thing is, I mean, this requires a good bit of planning because you need to figure out how much do you actually need. I mean, you would ideally probably want to minimize the amount that you're pulling out. Sure. Um, in most cases, but you may, you know, have to 
pull out a higher, use one of the higher methods to provide for a larger distribution if you need the money. Um, so you really have to figure out what your needs are. Uh, you know, the, you bring up another good point though, Troy, because you don't actually have to aggregate all of your IRA accounts together for this. Uh, you could so just do a smaller you one. Could, you could set up a separate IRA account, move just the amount of funds into that account that you need to uh, to create this substantially equal periodic payments. Ah, and then uh, so you have some control and flexibility about how so much you're taking out to you're avoid kind of just You could do it so you just bridge the gap until you could at 59 and a half, then become uh, eligible to withdraw it without... 10%. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so I mean, there, that's a lot more complex strategy. Yeah, it is. And you, that's why, you know, it does require some some planning, needing to know how much you need, how much, you know, uh, you you want to try to minimize the account or minimize or in some cases, maybe you want to take out more. Uh, and, you know, so I've had, when you say complicated, the only thing that I can think of is if you need some help, right. you can call us at 770-429-9166. Ask for Clay Norman. Never forget his last name, Clay Norman. <laughs> Don't forget it. <laughs> or you could ask for KC Smith. Both of these guys could help you in figuring out a complicated either calculation or at least explaining to you the rules surrounding a 72T substantially equal payment plan. That's right. Exactly. Awesome. So... Uh, Anything else? Is there any other details that we need to no, make I mean, sure I, that we No, I mean, that pretty out? well covers it. Just give us a call. We'll, have, I mean, we'll have, take Casey, care of it for you. you say no, but I see Kelly Lynn over there. She, I know. I'm, she, I'm, she, I'm, she's I'm, about to slap. I'm going to go through the I'm notes and see you. if I can stump y'all. I mean, the, the, the important thing, for as Clay mentioned earlier, like this is usually something you want to try to avoid if you can. I mean, you know, one of the things that we've looked at for other clients in this situation where they think they need to pull money out of their IRA, uh, what have you, you know, maybe it's an opportunity with interest rates being at historically low levels. You might be able to pull some equity out of your house. And if that bridges the gap, huh? then you're using after-tax money. You can allow your retirement accounts to continue to grow. Tax-free. Tax-deferred. Oh, well, tax-free until you start Until you start taking them out, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, that. so that's an option, too. Um, some people may or may not be comfortable with that. You're taking on debt. There's some risk there, but... You know, the, you kind of have to weigh the, the pros and cons and figure out what's the best solution for Always you. Always weigh the pros and cons. No doubt. Yeah. You are listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.